Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. I was going to talk about how Mary and I got here, so I'm going to do that real quick, and then we'll get into this. Um, but um, so basically, our plan—I'm going to do the short version. Our plan was to move to Destin, Florida, and um, that was right before COVID. And I had been here a couple of times to meet with Bob and uh, to, to do stuff with Blue Jean, and it was—it was always awesome. And I always knew, man, God's up to something in Selma. It is really cool. Uh, you can just feel it. I, I, I've heard of that from a lot of people that visit, too. They just, they sense it. People, some people just can really tell there's something happening here. And um, so I was one of those for sure. And then, um, you know, we had a plan. We were, I was, you know, honorably leaving the job that I was at with Bethel Atlanta and, um, and transitioning to start a school in Destin, Florida with some friends of ours. And so that was the plan. Um, and we got closer to the, the move date, and we were, Mary and I were both feeling uh, no peace. I was, I was trying to t- talk her into it. I'm like, yeah, are you excited? We're getting closer. You know, we're moving to the beach. And um, she's like, no, I'm not. I don't know why. I, I can't figure it out. I don't have any peace. And, um, and when she said that, I said, oh, I don't have any peace either. I don't know why. <laughs> Oh God, what do you want? You know, and um, and so you know her wisdom. She's like, well, let's pray. And before we prayed, um, she said, you know, what about Bob and Selma? Do you think we should call him and just see if there's any opportunity to kind of do an internship or something like that with him? And I thought immediately peace came, and we were like, okay, the Lord really did speak here. Let's, let's follow that through. So we came from, for an internship, which was so cool, because I got to, you know, see Bob in action. You know, he's totally my hero. If you haven't figured that out yet, he's just such an awesome person and uh, doing so much in Selma, uh, and a lot that is completely unseen, and just, you know, he's, he's a judge here, so I got to be in his courtroom. I was in drug court with Maya Jackson. I met with, uh, you know, the fatherhood program. I, I, like, all of it. I saw all of it firsthand, and I worked with, with the people there, and that was such an awesome opportunity. Then uh, this job opened up at the church for a full-time administrator. First time, Blue Jeans history, that they hired someone, as far as I understand, I mean, for a full-time position. And um, so... I, I, was think, I wasn't thinking about it for myself, and, and I mean, one morning, the Lord woke me up thinking about it, and, and I mean, I, it brought me to tears, and I was like, what, what am I doing? You know, I don't even understand. I'm not a real emotional person, so it was just really different, you know, and um, so I, I called Bob, and I said, hey, I don't, I don't no pressure is <laughs> work, no pressure, but I don't know why, but I just, I think I need you guys to consider me for that administrative position. And, um, and then he, ta- he brought it back to the, the leadership team, and they said yes, and it's been awesome. So that's that story. Uh, that, that, and, you know, God is good. We really have enjoyed so much being here. It just fits so, so supernaturally, like not what we expected at all. Destin, Florida. <laughs> I love the beach, by the way. <laughs> I really do. So that was a big... Uh, Man, it had to be God, or we wouldn't have done it, you know, kind of thing. But, um, but it was, it was God, and God's been so good since we've been here. Okay, so there's that story. Promise fulfilled. All right, I'm going to get into something I think is really fun, 
um, which is, this is how I fight my battles. Bob was talking about, um, uh, you know, how he felt like I shared something with him that equipped him, and I'm like, let's keep doing that. Let's, let's move forward into that. Spiritual warfare sounds like a really terrifying kind of thing, but I, I think there's a lot of joy to be had in it, and that's what I'm going to share with you today. Uh, the Bible says that we should equip each other, and if I've got anything to give, I'm going to share my testimony within this, but I hope it equips you to, uh, to kind of fight your battles. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm after this morning. Um, let's see. So let's, this is kind of our guiding scripture. So we'll just read this. Uh, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly, realm, uh, heavenly places. And so just think about that for a second. We're not fighting against each other. We're fighting against unseen things, right? That's what the Bible's saying. Like, yes, be completely equipped, but it's not against any one person or any, anything like that. It's against ideologies, principalities, principles, ideas that people are carrying around, those kind of things sometimes. Um, so, so in order to become a spiritual warrior... Um, you kind of have to move in discernment. You have to have some. You have to have a connection to your father, and uh, and that and the devil knows this very well. So that's exactly what he's after. He wants to father you, um, and he, you know, and because we're uh, we're worshipers, we're made to worship. Uh, sometimes even the best of us will fall for it. Sometimes, and that's okay. It's not a big deal. It doesn't have anything to do with. Uh, sometimes it's it is a big deal, obviously, but not all the time. Anyway. I mean, keep going. Get to so I'm actually going to go through all three heavens that the Bibles talk about, and if if I can, so the first heaven, second heaven, and third heaven. I'm going to explain this through my testimony. So we'll get started with uh, the greatest victory. <laughs> Personally, I want you guys to, to, you know, this was this was amazing. This was a first heaven reality, and what I mean by first heaven is uh, basically on earth as it is in heaven. Earth is is the first heaven. Uh, second heaven is uh, kind of like the soul realm. It's a you know it's it's uh, it's our emotions and our feeling. There's those kind of things. There's, and I'll get into that a little bit more. And then the third heaven is, is the heaven that we traditionally understand as heaven. So, um, I don't know if that's the best explanation you'll ever hear about that, but it's just going to help me in my presentation. So, um, so the greatest. So here I was, right here. On the top of the mountain, <laughs> I, I had a master's in international business administration. I, I, you know, I was really good at. I decided I had decided I was going to be a good person. That was what I was going to do with my life, and um, and I had the job of my dreams. I was working for the top leadership organization. No one would argue with me uh, through in, an international leadership organization. We worked, and I had contracts. I was an administrator there. Um, I had contracts with, you know, the biggest names you can think of, and they were like $2 million for one year's worth of, like, consulting or something like that, and there were so many of them. I, 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 don't, I couldn't tell you how many. I mean, it was just amazing, and over the course of 10 years, I was going to start teaching executive teams how to give money away in order to make more money, which I thought was really brilliant. It was a good, but I wasn't a Christian. This sounds really Christian, doesn't it? But it was just something I had been become passionate about. It's why I went to got my master's degree and those kind of things. And I was there. I was there. But inside, um, I was I was here. <laughs> I was at the very bottom, and I mean, I was absolutely filled with um, uh, terrible things uh, that I know I've come to know them differently now. Uh, but I thought they were me. 
and uh, at, the, at the time, and that's what I'm going to get at. You know, I really thought they were me. They used my voice to talk to me. They, they uh, you know, and they, they completely convinced me. Things like depression, anxiety, anxiety filled my life. Anxiety was a mess, and that was the, this is the biggest miracle that I'd ever seen was really God taking out anxiety. So, um, so that's me in my career, in my downtown apartment and everything. I've got a mask on. That mask looks kind of scary, but it's not. <laughs> uh, it's the theater mask, sorry. But anyway, that's me trying to pretend like everything's okay. That was my daily life. It was really hard, really, really hard. Um, but I'm really, um, let's see if I get, oh, yeah, there you go. Oops, sorry. I was number two guy there. There, I'm, I'm desperate inside. So this is the monster of anxiety. It kind of feels a little bit like this. Uh, Thoughts going every single way. They're eating each other. They're coming at each other. Everything's defeat. Everything's uh, destruction. And it is a mess. It is a total mess. That's anxiety. And that was my brain 24-7. I mean, I was really, I was uh, self-medicating through alcohol and drugs and those kind of things because I was just trying to cope with the, the, the difficult uh, reality that I was in. Can't even believe how hard it was. Um, but then... Uh, but then God, you know. Um, so here I am at the top of my world, and I, and I just feel desperate. Like, uh, and I didn't believe in God, and I, was, I even played with atheism, which, you know, uh, brought me a lot of shame. The Lord brought me through that and stuff like that. And, um, and I got to, but I got to a place where I was like, this doesn't matter. I just I really struggled with suicidal thoughts and things like that. So I got to a place, and I, and I said, God, if you're real, uh, please kill me, and um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, that was it. I didn't want a new life. I didn't want like uh, you know a new beginning or anything like that. I just wanted things to go black and me to be and that to be the end. And uh, very dramatic. And um, so, but the thing is, I think he he actually did honor that. <laughs> he did kill me, and thankfully, and I'm really grateful, actually, but three hours later, after a night of, I drank a fifth of Jack Daniels and took some pills. I was intentional, so I was trying to kill myself, and um, three hours later, I wake up, and I am, I am full of energy. I felt like a brand new person, so I'm like, I think he did kill me, uh, you know, and uh, I'm full of energy, but the, this is it. Like, the, the crazy thing was is that my mind was absent of anxiety. I had total peace. And that is a ridiculous, ridiculous first heaven reality that um, really just made things. He just gave me a new brain, you know. And um, so why was this the greatest victory I've ever seen? Now, I don't know a lot about brain science and things like that, but um, I do know that the, the brain rejuvenates itself. But there's this other thing I kind of thought, well, let's, Let's look at something here. So, like, that's Alabama, right? So, those super highways, you know, they're, they're where it carries the most information and stuff like that. So, that's kind of what's happening in our brain. Our brain, as uh, brain scientists call them, trees. They, they literally, a thought goes into our minds, puts down roots, it starts to branch out. And over time, trunks start to form. Like, and so, anxiety had carved out uh, a very clear path in, in my brain. And that was, that was a physical reality. You know what I mean? So, it, so the Lord had to genuinely give me a brand new brain in order for me to experience peace in and amongst all my thoughts. 
So that is a crazy miracle. I didn't realize it at the time how big of a deal it was, but I was like, wow, God just basically gave me a brand new brain. That's, uh, that's wild. So we give the Lord a hand clap. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> all right. Okay, so we're going to go into second heaven warfare. All right. So that was the first thing. So I want to take you on a little bit of a journey. This won't be long, I promise, but, uh, but it's helpful in understanding how these things work. Um, remember, it's, it talks about in that scripture, uh, you know, the, the powers of the air and those kind of things. So our thinking and stuff like that gets trapped into uh, these, gets affected by these second heaven realities. You know, it's basically demons and angels and stuff like that. They, they're active in this second heaven reality. I hope that doesn't scare you too much. <laughs> but anyway, um, when I was a kid, um, something happened to me. I was, I was uh, you know, I think it was third grade. I could be wrong about that. Um, there, was a, there was a guy that made me feel really uncomfortable. He just made me feel really uncomfortable. And, and he was the teacher. And, and I had learned at home to hide whenever something was wrong in my life. And so um, I was already a little quiet. But because this guy made me feel uncomfortable, he started calling me a teacher's pet and stuff like that. So uh, kids, kids in, the, in the class started calling me teacher's pet, and, I mean, I went to, into hiding. <laughs> that was it. So all this will, this will be helpful information in a minute. But um, So that, that, you know, that, that was my reality. So people started to call me quiet, right? And so quiet, I didn't feel that bad about that label. It was just something that people, you know, could understand me with, you know. So he's, he's a quiet guy. And I thought, well, there's even wisdom in being quiet, so that's good, you know. And I accepted that as my identity. I started to walk in it, and I was happy to, you know, because it helped me hide, right? So then they, it started to escalate, and they started to call me shy, right? Still not really that big of a deal. It, I didn't like it as much as quiet, but it was a slight escalation from that, and it, and it did, uh, did kind of hurt my heart a little bit, but I, uh, eventually I accepted it and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty shy. I don't, it's not like I want to go ask out a pretty girl or something like that. I would feel so uncomfortable with that, so I'm super shy. I started to make little uh, you know, cases for, for it, right? And then, unfortunately, I got to this place, and by this time, depression had already begun to manifest in my, my little life, you know. I was, um, I was uh, you know, had suicidal thoughts for years already, not all the time, but at this point, when people started calling, I think he's depressed, I think there's something wrong with him. You know, when they started saying that about me, and some of you, you know what I'm talking about. This is first-hand experience. This thing may have happened exactly like this or some other way, but you know what I mean. And so this escalation got to this point, and I, those suicidal thoughts in my head, they started to make sense. And I was like, well, it makes sense. I'm, not, I'm a depressed person. So I, that's why I have suicidal thoughts, you know. And so that was the, the case was made, and, I mean, from that day on, I had suicidal thoughts every single day of my life. I constantly fixated on, on dying. It was so ridiculous. I, I mean, looking back, I'm like, wow, how did I do that? I don't even understand, but I did. I maintained it reg regularly. I was so obsessed with dying. That was all it was. I was just wanted to be dead. And, um, and there was other evidence. My... I'll just throw this in there, but my dad and my brother both committed suicide. There was friends of mine that committed suicide. It was just, there was a lot of it going around, um, which some might say that was a principality. There was a principle of, of suicide. It was an option in the area where I lived, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And um, 
And so, so look at this linear kind of development. It's depressed. So, so, so but God, right? Okay, so he came in after I got saved. Remember, anxiety got taken care of. Now, I would have thought they were the same thing. Like it was just illness in my brain or something like that. Found out later they weren't the same thing. They were two, two different things, right? Um, so, but God, um, this is one year after my salvation. He gives me a month off from suicidal thoughts. <sighs> I don't know, but it was so exciting. I was, it was September, last day of September, and I had a really bad day. First day of November, uh, I was totally free of suicidal thoughts. Nothing. And I recognize it right away. Oh, my gosh, if you've been living in that for almost 20 years, you're going to know right away when that starts to happen. November 3rd, I'm celebrating God. You're amazing. <laughs> you've totally delivered me. This is so great. And, um, and then the first day of December comes along, and I'm like, and it, it's, and it was one of the worst days. I almost killed myself that day. I mean, it was a really, really bad day. And I'm a Christian, you know. And, um, and so... It, it was just, so I got upset with God. I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, uh, what, what happened there? You know, and, and I said, and I remember this thought, so it shattered that celebration. <laughs> I said, how could you let them back in? And when I said that out loud, I saw the sentence out in front of me, and it's hard to explain that. It's just a vision or something. I saw the sentence right in front of me, and that word stood out real, real big them how'd you let them back in and I was like wow them it's a day it's it's something outside of me it sounds like me how could that be okay is that in the scriptures I went to the bible I was like lord show me and I mean he took me right to this scripture right here Hebrews 1 14 which is I mean he took it out of context I'm not even kidding but this saved my life right here and it equipped me for life um he said, are not all angels ministering spirits sent forth to minister? And now, you know, there's some more to that, but that's what stood out. And then these two words were a big deal. All angels. All angels. So not just the good ones, the bad ones. They all have one thing that they're doing. They're not fighting with swords. They're not fighting with, like, weapons or whatever. Like, they're not shooting at us or something like that. What they're doing is they're ministering to us. So I looked up that ministering word. It was probably the first time I opened a Strong's. I was like, what's in there about ministering? It's persuasive being. They're, they're just there to persuade. They're kind of, uh, they're, they're trying to convince us. They're like, um, like attorneys, you know, trying to work us over and, and get us to accept their ideology. And so all at once, the Lord equipped me to, to just do some spiritual warfare, right? And just like that, these thoughts kept coming, right? I wish I could just say, well, that was the end of them. But it wasn't. But the good news was is that I was equipped to deal with them. So when they came, they were ridiculous, like silly. You know, I was like, no, I don't want that. I've never wanted to kill myself. I was such a lie. I, just, I can't believe I, I believed it, you know? And, and I mean, so I walked away from that. Uh, from that day, knowing that when those thoughts showed up, even though they sounded like me, even though they used my voice, they were not me. And that was powerful. The devil is a liar. <laughs> he really is. He's a liar. That's all there is to him. He doesn't have any truth in him. If he's talking, he's going to be lying to you. That's it, you know. Um, so that, that's all he is. Uh, some, some people I've met a few times are wonderful. Uh, Steve and Wendy Backlund. 
they have a ministry laughing at, at uh, lies. And so I thought we could do some of that this morning. Are you guys into that? <laughs> Let's laugh at a few lies, okay? Um, so, all right, this is how it works. I'll, I'll walk you through it. So this is a lie, right? I've already tried everything and nothing is ever really going to work out. All right, you guys laugh. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, there we go. All right, what's the truth? Let's think about it for a second from a biblical perspective. Um, if I can get this thing to work. Okay. It's slow. All right, God said he was going to, he was going to finish the good work that he started in me. So if it's not good, it's not over. That's powerful, man. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's what the Bible's saying about you. He decided, so it's not even on you to, to finish the good work. It's on the Lord. He, he decided there's a partnership available, and that's what he's inviting you into. If it's not good, it's not over. Say that out loud with me. If it's not good, it's not over. Come on. All right. Uh, let's do it again. This is fun. <laughs> to, to be important, I need to have a title, have money, have a family, etc. Whatever it is. <laughs> you guys are good at this. Come on. All right. Let's see what's the truth. What's the truth? So I'm a business guy, so I'm going to throw a business quote at you. But the market value is established only by the price that someone is willing to pay. That is absolutely true. Um, across the board, doesn't matter what country you're in, etc., Jesus paid it all. He paid a lot for you. He paid a lot for you. So your, your price has been established. You don't need a title. You don't need any of that stuff. It's just, it's confusion, honestly. All right, so God is fixing me up so that he can eventually do something good with me. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. It is not true. And that's a big one when it comes to inner healing, too. People think, well, I'm here because I'm not right yet. I need to get God, you know, you fix me up because I'm, you know, he doesn't love me right now. God is my father. He is not my boss, coach, or production manager. He is pleased with me right now. That's what the Bible says. All right, let uh, let's see, this is the last one I'll do. All my good old days are behind me. <laughs> come, on. come on. All right. Good. Okay, come on. Well, that's the truth. The Lord made today be new in it and have all the good old days you want. Mm-hmm. Not good. All right, so let's look at this one more time. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is really important. I want to hammer this in. You'll never forget this scripture after this, I hope, you know, because this is really what we're doing. That's what the Bible's about. It will sort that out. You know, I was, uh, I was running the other day, and I ran into a rose bush, and it had roses on it. And um, the roses were like here, and I realized nobody had probably tended that rose bush for maybe 20 years, you know. But it still had little roses like that, you know. And I was like, wow, I wonder how big those roses would be if somebody actually cared about that plant and how many there would be. And see, that's what inner healing is really about. It's about uh, tending and keeping the soil of your, of your heart and of your soul, and that's what God's up to. And, and, 
and uh, within inner healing and in our Christian lives, it doesn't, you, know, you don't have to have inner healing. Like, this is what the Bible's doing. It's inner healing all day long. And it's a good thing is what I'm trying to say. It's teaching us to be uh, spiritual gardeners. Let's do this. The unbelievers, you guys still with me? We're having fun? Just a little bit further. This is going to get even better, believe it or not. Um, the unbelievers worship what they, what they make, their, their wealth and their work. They idolize what they own and what they make with their hands, but their things can't talk to them or answer their prayers. Their possessions will never satisfy their futile faith in dead idols, and dead works can never bring life or meaning to their souls. Blind men can only create blind things. Those deaf to God can only make deaf images. Dead men can only create dead idols, and everyone who trusts in these powerless dead things will be just like what they worship, powerless and dead. What we worship, we become. Remember when we started, I said, I said, um, you know, we are made to worship. We're, we're worshiping, whether we're worshiping God or not. That's what we do all day. We were made to do it. So that's, that's the trouble. That's where we get into trouble. Because a lot of times when we're worshiping, whether it's uh, the right thing or the wrong thing, we're looking for affirmation from that thing, right? And that's where the fathering comes in. So the devil wants to be our father. He wants to father us into orphanhood because that's spiritual orphan. That's his reality. So this is the good news about this, guys, is that he's the one that's depressed. He's the one that's anxious. That's the devil. He's the one that's, that's worried. He's the one that's full of fear, constantly shaken up. He's the one that needs therapy. He's the one that needs the, the chemicals and whatever else. He is the mess out there, and he wants you to look like him. I get that, but that's, that's really his reality. So whenever you feel fear, and you say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that fear, and you talk to fear, and you say, fear, you know, you're the one that's afraid not me. I'm not doing that. I'm not going down that. I've got a big God. He's bigger than this situation. And you, and you begin to, to I, I mean, it's, at first it might feel like a wrestle, but I'm telling you, like with the suicidal the thoughts example, like over time, it's just like, I mean, they are humiliated, completely exposed, and they don't stand a chance against you. You're a powerful, empowered person in, in God. That's what he wants. See, you know, and I'll get to that in a second, but, like, see, this is the thing, like, um, we're good on time. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> I thought I was going to go too long. Um, so, uh, but oh, I've lost my thought. Okay, what was that? Okay, anyway, it'll come back to me probably. So let's go into third heaven. Uh, and I want to start with this scripture, Ephesians 2, 6. You probably remember it. And God raised us up with Christ, with Christ. Raised, past tense. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So you guys thought we had to go somewhere? We didn't have to go anywhere. You're already seated in heavenly places. How does that work? I don't know. You know, it's a mystery in God. It's awesome, though, and it's true. It's right there in the Word, right? So he's, he's seated us in heavenly places. So right now, that's where we are, and it is an option for us you know, to see ourselves in that reality. And that's powerful. I'm going to show you guys why. I'm not just going to tell you. I'm going to show you. Um, all right, let's look at what's not in heaven. Oh, I messed that up. Uh, 
All right. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Guess who's not in heaven? The devil's not in heaven. That's a big deal. All right. Let's go to the next one. Revelations 12, 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the, the whole world. He's the one that's been working us all over all the time, but he's not there. He's not in heaven. He was in Job. You, somebody's thinking that. I can feel it. He was in Job. Not anymore. This is New Testament, right? And Jesus said to them, Behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That was after his disciples came back. That was in the present. It happened. It already happened. He's not there now. All right. Ah, and this is absolutely one of the scriptures of my life. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Now, he didn't die just for you. He didn't rise just for you. He rose as you. It's so, wow. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him. You are now, not later, not in the by and by. You are now one with him in his glory. That's some powerful stuff, right? And it reminded me of, of what I was going to say. So a lot of this is important and helpful, I think. Um, you know, uh, I was sharing with... Uh, some people recently and, and it just reminded me how important it is for us to understand why do bad things happen? Why do so many bad things happen, right? Well, it's because we're in a fall, fallen world. That's the easy answer to that. And, but the thing that you need to know about the Lord is that he didn't want it that way. He never wanted it like that. So we need to put his goodness up, up higher than anything else and wherever we don't understand and all that other stuff and it needs to go to where it needs to go right but his goodness is priority number one it's a cornerstone in our lives like he is good he he sent jesus because he didn't like it the way it was he did not want that bad thing to happen to you you need to know that about him. If you want to be fathered by him, if you want to be loved by him, you're going to have to forgive somebody, let something go, whatever you got to do so you can get to him and know that he's, he is a wonderful father. Remember, we're worshipers and we need fathers. We need, we need affirmation. We need him to communicate with us and those kind of things. And if he's not able to communicate, it's not just hearing from God. We need to understand him. We need discernment. We need to be able to act on things. We need to chest things out. We need to fail some. We're like kids, you know. He's not going to kick us down because we're trying to learn how to walk, you know. He, he's, he's just anxious and loving and he's, he's wanting us to come try again. Try again. This is going to be awesome. And that's all he's got for us. He doesn't have the rest of that stuff. If it's condemnation, it's not him. It's conviction. That's an option. He's giving you an option. Sometimes it's the sweetest thing you've ever experienced. I'm serious. Sometimes when the Lord uh, brings in conviction, you're just like, did you rebuke me like a week ago? What in the world? Was that real? Did you, did you get upset with me? And because it's wonderful, and your experience with it is like, 
And, you know, and not, it's not always like that. I get that. But sometimes we need to swing that pendulum back the other way. You guys need to hear that, some, that the, the goodness of the Lord is real and it's available. And sons and daughters of, of his, they get to experience that all the time. I mean, it's awesome. So let's go back to this scripture. I want to point out a couple of things. Who you really are will also be revealed. So this is the thing. Remember the labels, right? Quiet, shy. Um, depressed, right? That's that's that was the fathering of anxiety. That was the I'm sorry. That was the fathering of of, of depression that was trying to get me into its fold. And why? Because it wanted to use me on the earth to create destruction, chaos, to tear my mother's heart out. You know things like that. That's that's what it was after. And it succeeded, unfortunately, very much. But you know at this point, it's a redemption story. My mom's as happy as they could get. She's watching live. Uh, hey, Mom. Um, so, so that's really important. We need to know who we are. And, and it's like, well, I know who I am. God knows who you are. You actually don't know who you are. I'm sorry to tell you that, but you really don't. And, uh, I mean, it's actually comforting because some of us are trying to figure it out. You know, like, man, I'm... I'm, you know, 40-plus, and I'm still trying to figure out who I am, <laughs> you know, or whatever. God knows exactly who you are. He's all, you are his desired fulfilled. He thought of you before you were ever, and he said, I want one of those. I want that so bad. And then you manifested. He is, he, he manifested. You, you were brought into reality. You, you are the apple of his eye. He is so, I mean, that was his desire, and he said, I got one now. And so he's all about you. He wants, that's, this is the truth, guys. This is what gets me through every single day. Um, and I mean, I'm living from a heavenly reality because of it. So I wanted to do a, an exercise uh, with you guys if you're into it. Um, let's all stand up. And I'm going to read this, kind of shake it off a little bit. Long talk, sorry. I'm still on time now. Thank you, Jesus. All right, this part is really important. It says, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly reality. So we're going to do that right now in a little exercise. Um, so this exercise came to me um, when I was, uh, I had an encounter. I've, I've just had lots of encounters with God. He's so awesome. He, he's not short on encounters, guys. He's got plenty for all of us, you know. Um, he, he, and encounters, what is an encounter? An encounter is a, a moment where you know that God is real. There's no question. And maybe it happened yesterday. You had a near car accident or something like that, and you felt the Lord change something, and you were like, whoa, God is real, and he just saved my life or something. You know, little things like that happen all the time, and sometimes we take it for granted, but it's all very, very important, and it is the, the influence of, of the third heaven on to our reality. It's, it's really something. So anyway, so I had an encounter. Uh, Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. Thanks for standing with me. Just bear with me for a second. So Lord woke me up at 3, 3 a.m., and I walked. Uh, I had a prayer closet, a war room, and I highly recommend it. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a shack outside or whatever. It's so good to have a place to go with the Lord. Um, and it can be your bedroom. It doesn't have to, have to be separate, but it is helpful. I don't know. And if you've got the money, buy one. Seriously, <laughs> like they're helpful. Um, so I had one in the place where we were living. It was about 15 foot long. It's like the biggest room in the house. And, um, and the desk that's in my office in here was in there, and it's all the way on the other side. And I walk in the door, I open the door, and um, I, I take one step in. I'm still asleep. You know, it's 3 a.m. I'm like, what am I doing, Lord? I don't want to be awake. And um, 
I step in the room, and I mean, I felt the presence of God like right in front of my face. And he said, I am your defender. And he was so passionate, so excited to tell me that. He said, I'm your defender. And I was like, what's happening? I'm trying to wake up and receive it. I'm like, this is so crazy. And I could see him. I can't explain how I could see him. It was just, I could see him, you know. Uh, It was was weird. I couldn't see him physically, but I could see him at the same time. Those things are so hard to explain. And then I walked forward, and 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 it was Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm your advocate. And I was like, Oh, what is, you know, and I mean, I'm in this thing at this point. All the hairs on the back of my, my neck are standing up, and I'm like, this is, this is awesome. I take another step, and by that time, I, I remembered to breathe, and I breathed in, and I said, and I felt the Holy Spirit inside my chest echo out to me. I am your counselor. And I mean, I was like, wow, um, I am super well represented. What's about to happen here? <laughs> I mean, you know. It was just such a big deal, and, and so then the Lord, later on, uh, he gave me this little activation, which I think is awesome, and it's really helpful. Um, so what I want you to do is, let's pray first, you know, uh, and, and then I'm going to walk you through it, okay? So thank you, Lord, so much, Father God, that you love us, that you're here with us, Lord. Your presence, Jesus Christ is Lord. You're so wonderful, Lord. I pray you, you're, you bring your comfort. Lord, come and and defend us, Lord. Come and advocate for us. Come and uh, counsel us. And we need you all the time, Lord God. And we thank you, Father, that that you have given us ways to to know that we're seated in heavenly places. And we pray for that today. Awesome. So keep your eyes closed, if you would, and just imagine yourself in, uh, in heavenly places. You're in the throne room. Whatever that looks like to you, it could be a, a big round circle, it could be a sea of glass, it could be, there's elders standing around maybe, just take your time. And um, so now that you're there in the, in the throne room, um, I want you to reach out, physically reach out your right hand, and Jesus is going to take your right hand, and he says, he's going to say it to you, he says, I'm your advocate. Now... You guys at home do this too. Um, reach out your left hand, and that's Father God. Physically reach him out to your side, and, and uh, Father God's going to grab your, your left hand. And there's, all, there's so much scripture behind this, guys, I found out later, but uh, he's going to grab your left hand, and he says, I'm your defender. And now I want you to all breathe deep. That's the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm your counselor. That's right. Now I'm going to ask, you're going to ask him a question. Father God, we'll start with Father God. Father God, what do you think of me? So good. You guys take note of what you're hearing. You don't want to forget this. He knows who we are, remember? This is what this is about, so... We need to hear it without the accuser present. We need to be in a place where he is, where we're super well represented, like he planned to do. He, set, he established the market value for us. This means everything to him. And he, he gets to say something to us here. And if you, if you can't experience anything, you don't, you're like, I, I don't know what's happening. I'm not doing anything. Then think about this for a second and ask Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, is there anyone I need to forgive?
And if a face pops up, somebody's name comes to mind, whatever it is, I, I just go with that and say, I forgive them. I release them and I bless them. And now I want you, you did that, that's awesome. Praise God. Forgiveness is so powerful, so supernatural. It's ridiculous. It's awesome. So now I want you to turn to Jesus. He's in your right hand, he said, and say, Jesus, what do you think of me? So good. Powerful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Holy Spirit, what do you think of me? And some of you guys, you really heard something today. I want you to remember that. Write it down if you can. Put it in your Bible. What God has to say about you is everything. You're not just hearing his voice, you're discerning it. And, and tools like this can help you to do that. That's what, uh, that's what excites me about inner healing. Y'all keep this posture right now. Our affections are torn, turned towards the Lord. And uh, we're going to go into some worship right now. And, um, and, but, yeah, let's just, let's just stay here. Let's, you know, just, just stay. This is worship. You're worshiping him because you're asking him, who am I? Who, who am I to you? And I'm telling you, he can do the biggest miracle you've ever seen, the biggest victory you've ever seen in your life. He can straighten out and give you a new brain. He can give you a new heart. He can give you a new liver. I've seen all those things happen. Um, it's a big deal. And remember, the scripture says to practice this stuff, to do it on a regular basis. So I didn't just show this to you so that you, you could do it today. I showed it to you so you could do it whenever you needed to. You feel like depression's coming in, it's closing in on all sides. All right, get up out of there. You're in the second heaven. Go up to the third heaven. Forget about fighting with that thing for a second. If you want to, laugh at the lies or whatever. But just go on up to the third heaven. Sit there with the Father. Yeah. Come on, this is how we fight our battles. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.